Today I'm joined by Gregory Durham, Artistic Director at the Royal Shakespeare Company, as he receives an Honorary Doctor of Letters from the University of Warwick. The Bard has long been in Gregory's blood. He set up his own theatre company while at university to present Shakespeare and related classics. He then joined the RSC as an actor back in 1987, performing as Solanio in The Merchant of Venice, and Octavius Caesar and Julius Caesar. He became Assistant Director in 1989, and he was made an Associate Director in 1996, before being appointed Chief Associate Director in 2006. His RSC productions, which have taken place in the UK and internationally, include Twelfth Night, A Midsummer Night's Dream, Macbeth, Coriolanus and King John. His production of Hamlet, in which David Tennant played the title role, won the What's On Stage Best Regional Production and Theatre Event of the Year in 2009. In October 2013, he will reunite with David Tennant, directing Richard II in Royal Shakespeare Theatre. It'll be the first RSC production to play live in cinemas around the world on the 13th of November. He is an honorary fellow of the Shakespeare Birthplace Trust, an honorary senior research fellow of the Shakespeare Institute. He is also the Humanitas Visiting Professor in Drama at the University of Oxford. In June 2012, he received the Sam Wanamaker Award from Shakespeare's Globe Theatre, an annual award that recognises and celebrates work which has increased the understanding and enjoyment of Shakespeare. Well, Greg, thank you very much for joining us today. Absolute pleasure. And congratulations on receiving your honorary degree today. How does it feel to receive this award? Well, it's great to, to get an award from your near neighbour. Um, Warwick and Stratford are only you know, 12 miles apart or something. It's a real honour to be given a, a doctorate. So, yeah, it was a, it was a great delight. Now, if we uh, go to your, touch on your career and we cast your, our mind back to your formative years, as it were, can you uh, remember a time when and where you may have caught the Shakespeare bug for the first time? Well, I remember the first piece of Shakespeare I heard because my dad used to get these uh, box sets of records of sort of Beethoven symphonies or whatever. I think it was Reader's Digest, actually. And along with that came a, a 45 RPM, which was the, old, the, the little old um, records, the small records, as opposed to the big 78 uh, LPs. And it was Mendelssohn's incidental music to Midsummer Night's Dream. And it was interspersed with extracts from the play. It was an American production, and an actress played Puck. But I remember the moment when she said, and she sounded like, I have to say, she sounded like Mickey Mouse to me as a child, but she said, I'll put a girdle round about the earth in 40 minutes. And I thought, she'll put a girdle round about the earth in 40 minutes. And I thought that was extraordinary, that just the idea of somebody flying around the earth. And my dad, who was a scientist, told me that, um, I think probably the year before I was born or something, the space race had started when the Russians put the satellite Sputnik into the, uh, into the atmosphere. And it could orbit the Earth in an hour and a half. So I worked out, mathematical genius that I was, that Puck was twice as fast <laughs> as Sputnik. And I just thought that was amazing. And... I, I, I kind of got hooked, I guess, and just thinking, just with that extraordinary play, and, you know, I think that's how Shakespeare works. It works, first of all, on the level of the story, you know. As a child, you become interested in the plays that have got witches in, or ghosts in, or shipwrecks, or battles, or, or fairies, like Midsummer Night's Dream. And I guess that's what first really grabbed me. And then, when I went to my senior school, and this was in Preston, in Lancashire. It was a Jesuit college, and we did a Shakespeare play every year. There was an annual Shakespeare play. 
so I got to know the plays from a very practical point of view as to which, you know, what plays were we going to do in which parts could I play. So you, you would sort of work through the plays as a kind of resource rather than some kind of academic exercise. So I found that really inspiring. And, and so through my schooling, I, I played a whole range of parts, you know. And um, do you think that was where the course was set, that you would go on to have the career you have had with the Royal Shakespeare Company? Well, I first... I, I know that we first came down to see... Uh, came down to Stratford to see As You Like It on August the 10th, I think it was, 1973, because I still have the school board diary... And it was As You Like It with Eileen Atkins as Rosalind and Maureen Lippmann as Celia. And it was directed by Buzz Goodbody. And I thought it was the most wonderful, wonderful thing I'd ever seen. And coming out of the theatre, I just like floating on air. I, I apparently said to my mum, uh, I think we'd, we would, the reason we'd come was because we had a French student set staying and we thought we'd better show you know, a bit of culture. But on the way back in our beige mini up the M6 to Preston I apparently turned to my mum and said that's what I want to do when I grow up so I guess I must have grown up (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful Uh, So you've been with the RSC for a number of years now in one guise or another do you think that uh, Shakespeare's canon is being presented in different ways to that which you remember from your own visits and from when you started working and do people have to be a little bit more brave now than they used to be potentially? I don't know about that so much, I think the canon the way we present the canon has changed in different ways, uh, but it's always evolving. There are always new ideas about how to present it, what stage to present it on. And I guess one of the things that we are doing now, which we'd never done before, really, at Stratford, uh, to this extent, was was broadcasting them. We are going to, <clears throat> with Richard II in the autumn, we're going to do the first live-from-Stratford-upon-Avon broadcast to cinemas all over the world. Um, we very nearly did it a few years ago when I directed David Tennant in Hamlet, and we were the first people approached to do a live theatre performance. There had been opera from the Met, but never live performance. Um, and for a number of reasons, we decided that we didn't want to do that, and we'd also got a potential film of Hamlet in, in the offing, which we did instead. So it's taken us a while to catch up. The National had to do a fantastic job at producing live to screen. But we're starting with Richard II. We're going to do three a year, or more precisely, one a term. And I think that will go all over the place, from Sweden to South Africa, from Japan to the States. Um, And, you know, my family up in North Wales um, will be able to see it, or my partner Tony Scher's family in South Africa all see it at the same time, which which is great. You speak about David Tent, of course, who you are working with again uh, for Richard II. Do you look for a certain characteristic in your leads when, when you're coming towards directing a play? I think the plays are written hierarchically. What I mean by that is the burden on the leading actors is sometimes quite an extraordinary one. If you look at Hamlet, say, Hamlet's probably got about 40% of the lines. If you look at Richard III, he's probably got 30% of the lines there. And, you know, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth have a very high percentage of the lines. I guess probably some a play like Julius Caesar, uh, Cassius, and, uh, Cassius and Brutus have oh, probably two-thirds of the lines between them. 
I guess that's probably the same with Othello, with Iago and Othello. So you have to find actors who can really deliver those heavyweight parts. But you need to do that in a context and an, of an ensemble company who can, who can really perform all the other roles with strength in depth, if you like. So, yeah, I, whenever I'm doing a Shakespeare play, I would not do King Lear or Hamlet or any of the named title roles in Shakespeare unless I knew who was going to play them. I would never, for instance, say, I am doing King Lear and then find who the King Lear is because I think that would be arrogant apart from anything else. So, yeah, no, I, I do look for the right casting and it's something that I, I love. I love um, actors. I love what they can do. Tyrone Guthrie, the great uh, Shakespeare director in the 1950s, said, you know, directing is 80% good casting. So I, I don't know whether that means that once I've got the cast right, I've only got 20% of my job to do, but it is a very, very high percentage of, of, of the job to, to get the casting right. And you have spoken about, for the future of BRSC, bringing in actors of this pull and moving it away from other bases potentially and really sort of re-establishing Stratford as a place where people can work. I'm interested in actors who can, who can do Shakespeare, who, who can actually act those great classical roles. And often those are, that is pe bringing people back who've had their training in Stratford. have gone off and done other things. Patrick Stewart shot off around the galaxies, having you know, been with the RSC for many years and then did Star Trek. And, and it was great having him back uh, for the company when he came back, joined the company for, for Anthony and Cleopatra. Judy Dench came back after 25 years to do All's Well, which was a wonderful experience to have her. And, and people like David, you know, they, they cut their teeth at the RSC. I remember seeing David play Touchstone in As You Like It, the comedy of The Clown, and Romeo. And, and if, if you can play... If you can get the laughs as Touchstone and you can get the, the wonderful emotion in, in Romeo, then you should be able to play Hamlet. So it's not something you can just you know, tip up and do. It, it does take training and discipline and uh, craftsmanship. And that, I think, is what the ROC really stands for in the end. And you've been in post officially since September of last year, I believe. Mm -hmm. So... How do you see the uh, next few years for the IRC? There's a number of important anniversaries, I believe, in the next five years. Well, I get... I mean, I, I think the biggest thing that I feel I can do for the Royal Shakespeare Company is, is a bit of forward planning. And I'm given, to some extent, I'm, I'm given the first bit of planning on a plate because 2014 is the 450th anniversary of Shakespeare. It's his 450th birthday, if you like. And 2016 is... Uh, the 400 years since he died. I, I think it's called the Quater Centenary. Mm. Somebody said it was the Quater Centenary, but that sounds like too much like Quatermass in the pit to me. So 400 years since he died. Uh, so that gives us two big anniversaries. And I have instituted a very simple strategy, which is to work through all the plays. There are only 36 plays in the first folio. To work through them and not repeat them in the main house over a six-year period. Now, that doesn't sound that um, different in a way, but it is. And agents have said to me, actors' agents have said, you mean so if you offer my client Romeo and he doesn't do it, you won't be doing it again in another couple of years. It'll be six or seven years since, until you do it again, which means my client may simply be too old by then. And that's focused the minds of a lot of acting agents, I have to say, quite thoroughly. But it also means that we can group the plays, that we can... We don't, as it were, give the play away if we have an idea of how a group of plays can come together. So that's been very useful. And, and what's been 
exciting is the number of actors, directors and designers who have, who feel that Stratford is home and want to come back. And I, I think that we will be seeing them coming back over, over the next few years, which is, which is great. Well, we're looking forward to seeing some very exciting things. Congratulations on today, of course. Have you got any words of advice for your fellow graduates today, Liz? <laughs> Uh, I think the, 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 the poem I um, gave as a, you know, a gift, it's very hard to know how to, in the three minutes that you're given, to, to say something remotely inspirational at that point, when actually a lot of... If I remember what I was like at that point, I was nervous as hell about you know, actually just simply walking up and shaking you know, the Chancellor's hand. But I had a poem given to me by the Greek poet Constantine Kavafi, and it's called Ithaca, and it's about the journey through life, if you like, and that if you are so focused on getting to your goal, you may miss the point, which is life. And to me, that it, it was very focusing for me that the, the point was not just you know, the ambition and getting the right job and being in the right place. The point was just enjoying life as you went through it and I think sometimes when you're young you feel the focus is so primarily on moving on and getting the next job and being in the right place that that this poem really really speaks uh, to that and and uh, I found it a, a great relief to think that you know it's not about getting there it's about enjoying the journey. Wonderful Greg thank you very much for today much appreciated. Thank you.